You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Scratch. Wampum. Dough. Sugar. Clams. Loot. Bills. Bones. Bread. Bucks. Money. That which separates the haves from the have-nots. But what is money? It's everything if you don't have it, right? Half of all American adults have more credit card debt than savings. 25% have no savings at all. And only 15% of the population is on track to fund even one year of retirement. Suggesting what? The middle class is evaporating or the American dream is dead? You wouldn't be sitting there listening to me if the latter were true. You see, I think most people just have a fundamentally flawed view of money. Is it simply an agreed upon unit of exchange for goods and services? 370 for a gallon of milk? 30 bucks to cut your grass? Or is it an intangible? Security or happiness, peace of mind? Let me propose a third option. Money as a measuring device. You see, the hard reality is how much money we accumulate in life is not a function of who's president or the economy or bubbles bursting or bad breaks or bosses. It's about the American work ethic, the one that made us the greatest country on earth. It's about bucking the media's opinion as to what constitutes a good parent, deciding to miss the ball game, the play, the concert, because you've resolved to work and invest in your family's future and taking responsibility for the consequences of those actions. Patience, frugality, sacrifice. When you boil it down, what do those three things have in common? Those are choices. Money is not peace of mind. Money is not happiness. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I'm joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to all of our listeners. Now, that was a scene from one of my favorite Netflix hits, Ozark. I know. What a great Mm. show. Yes. Uh, And for those of you who have not seen it, Ozark is a fictional story depicting what happens when a financial advisor, in this case, Marty Bird, played by Jason Bateman, decides to launder money for a drug cartel. I love Jason Bateman. Just like, sidebar, he is in any movie, but... Or yes. a show, for that matter. But in this show, he is really superb. Agree. So in, in the scene that was just played, you hear Marty discuss what money is. Right. And while this you know, was a pretty dark and fictional uh, show, it does show us that some of the trade-offs we make when we prioritize money over all other costs associated with the decision. Mm-hmm. And in this particular scene, we get to hear Marty rationalize the decisions that he's actually making. Uh-huh. And I really like the part where he says what constitutes being a good parent and missing a ball game to invest for your family's future. So uh, Ava used to be a cheerleader. Ella played volleyball and soccer. And, you know, I may have missed, I tried to be at every event. I may have missed a couple for work, whatever. But I wasn't investing money for a drug cartel. So it's just kind of interesting how, you, you know, you can uh, you, you know, play that off. You know, oh, I can't go to the kids game because, uh, you know, uh, it's for the cartel. 
<laughs> I mean, let's hope not, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? The neat thing about this scene, though, is that it's a dialogue we usually don't hear. It's something that goes on really in our heads, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it could be something along the lines of, I really hate my job, but it pays so well. I'll just stick with it a bit. And then after I have some money in the bank, I'm going to pursue something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's something like this. I know this house is a little above our budget, but we will be so much closer to our friends. Think of all the money we will save by having them over instead of going out every weekend. <laughs> exactly. So we humans are great at deceiving ourselves when we really, really want something. And this can cause us great hardship in the future. Whether we realize it or not, pretty much every decision we make right now will have an impact on our future. Mm -hmm. And this holds true in most areas of life. So for instance, if you want to be active in retirement, you have to put the work in now to make sure that you are physically fit. It can be very difficult to picture ourselves in the futures. Uh, You know, we've talked about that before with the myopic vision. I mean, if we would see ourselves 30 years in the future, would anyone have ever smoked a cigarette? I mean, (laughs) when you see those commercials for the, and then you've got the people with the Mm -hmm. holes in their throat and they, no, no one would ever smoke a cigarette. Right. Or maybe not use the, what is it? The um, spray tan stuff that Mm -hmm. would just completely fry your body. I know that's one thing my mom points out. She's like, I have all these brown spots on my skin because I was didn't use sunscreen. If you look like the lady in Something About Mary when yes. you're 60. Like yes. straight leather. <laughs> right. Yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's obviously over time you see the damage that these would do to you, yet still so many people smoke. Right. Still so many people don't use sunscreen. Correct. Without thinking what effects it's going to have on them in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and we have a way of placing a great value on what we want and downplaying the potential negative consequences of these decisions. So very true. When it comes to our finances, the cost of our decisions are almost never just monetary. Mm. And almost every decision you make about money involves trade-offs. Coming up after the break, a look at some of those financial trade-offs. Like what you are hearing on Run With The Bulls? Want a little more? Visit MyMentoro.com and use organization code RUNWITHTHEBULLS to set up your free account today. Welcome back. In this episode, we are taking a look at the true cost of the financial decisions that we make. We started off with a fictional example. So while most of us will not work for a drug cartel, um, you know, and if that is you, you may need to listen to another podcast just kind of (laughs) suggesting that. But uh, this still holds true. Whenever you make a decision to improve your finances, you should weigh the impact this decision will have in other areas of your life. As a financial education company, we are all for you improving your financial situation. That's why we're here. Exactly. But not all decisions are that black and white. Correct. So for example, let's say you have the opportunity to double your salary. On the surface, this seems like a no-brainer. You're probably already thinking of what you will be be able to do with that added income. But as Lee Corso on College Game Day likes to say, not so fast, my friend. (laughs) Oh, I love Lee. So do you have headgear to wear, Danny? Oh, you know, on Saturdays, I got my... No, I, I don't go that It's far. a big elephant head, isn't it? <laughs> no, not after uh, someone retired. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on another show. <laughs> right, right. So before making a decision, we need to look at areas other than just our bank account. For example, what if this job requires a one-hour commute? Or maybe you're expected to work 50 hours a week. 
And, and that affected me. It was, gosh, I guess it was now 10 years ago where I was a teacher. Um, at that point, I guess I was like my 10th year of teaching. And, you know, I'd always looked around. I had a, a special ed class, so I had parapros, aides that worked for me. And some other husbands were businessmen. They're traveling all the time. Just like, you know, just sitting in the classroom every day. I drive two miles to work, two miles home. Like, it sounds exciting to travel. I want to do that. So I shortly, you know, that next year I got out of teaching. And in fact, I, I was in the investment world, whereas one year I think I spent like 70 nights in a hotel, Hampton Inn breakfast. Trust me, they're not that good after the first day. You're like, ugh, Hampton Inn again. But I didn't think of that. And I remember it really affected me when the office, you know, I was driving, my commute was three miles, then it turned into like 60 miles. So I was used to seeing both my girls at that time. Ava was in fourth grade, Ella was in first grade. And I remember it was like my first week at the new job. I came home, already dark got stuck in traffic. Ella's young then, so she's already in bed. And and I go to her room, say goodnight, love you. And uh, she's like, Dad, I walked by your classroom today and I wanted to give you a hug, but you weren't there. Oh. <gasps> like, I just started crying. Like, oh, I'm such a horrible dad. Like, what am I doing to my kids? They're going to be on Dr. Phil. But but I didn't, I did look at it and it all worked out well and it was perfectly fine. And that's, you know, life's full of changes and that's what happens. But... I solely at that time was just looking at the paycheck and I never even thought about the commute or missing my kids, not being at the same school and things like that. So with financial decisions, it always, usually most of the time, isn't just black and white. There's a lot of other issues that go along with it. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're emotional beings and it's hard to compromise on things like that, right? Mm -hmm. But I I think that that's something that we all have to keep in mind is what's the compromise? It's never going to be the perfect scenario all the time. So, you know, I know someone else that I've worked with before said, you know, as long as I'm home by my kid's bedtime. I can do other things, but bedtime's my my shtick. I want to be home by that point, and so you know that's what I'm going to try to plan everything around. So right. you gotta you gotta figure out what that looks like. The important thing to do is to take a look at the non monetary costs associated with the decision before you commit to it. Correct, um, and, and just to analyze: is it a trade off? You're worth you know worth willing to make. It, it may not make sense for you. It may make sense for you. So, for instance, your your friend, maybe that's all they've been used to. Maybe they were in that industry when the kids were born, so they knew no different. Me, personally, when I look back, like, I knew completely the opposite. I was always home for them. I got home at 3.30. I drove them home. I drove them to school. So it was such like this big culture shock change where it, it completely changed my life and what I was used to. So I think a lot of times just to say if you are faced with something to change, there's a lot more than just the money to think about. 100%. Just keep in mind that most of the decisions that we make about money have an impact that goes beyond that financial spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes this impact can last a long time. Coming up after the break, a look at the sunk cost fallacy. Connect with us on social media. Search at Mentoro Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Welcome back. So Danny, have you ever let clothes you have worn in over a year continue to take up space in your closet because you just can't seem to get rid of them? Yes. Guilty as charged. I actually just this weekend, though, I did. So for Christmas, Tracy bought me like six T-shirts. I have T-shirts that are probably 15 years. I don't know. There's holes in them and stuff. And she's like, you look like she especially likes the white one. I don't think... 
I don't think we're allowed to call them what we used to call them, but like, it's like, why don't you get rid of that? And I'm like, it's just kind of fun to like, actually I do it just to upset her. It's just kind of one of those no, things. To have that fun. doesn't yeah. sound like just, you. Hey, you like this shirt? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so fun. But no, yes, there, there are in there. I do have shirts that I probably need to get rid of. Yes. Yes. Uh, so funny story where, um, you know, getting ready to move and we're uh, actually needing to build out uh, our closet in the new place. And so we're trying to get quotes and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the the consultant who would be doing this for us came out to our current house and she was like, I need to take a look at what all you have, like how many articles of clothes you have, how many shoes you have, all of that. Mm -hmm. And when I sat down and had her actually tell me how much like square footage I needed for my clothes and the number of like long dresses versus short dresses versus this kind of shoe versus that. I felt like, oh my gosh, there's no way I would get through wearing all of those outfits and like, why am I holding on to them? But, you know, another way that this, you know, happens is you follow through on plans you dread because you already purchased the tickets. Mm. Ugh, yeah, right? being the fifth on that one. I know. Or like you still end up going to the dinner or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So most of us have been there, done that, and probably will continue to experience certain situations in the future. This is what's referred to, though, as the sunk cost fallacy. According to Christopher Oliviola, an assistant professor at Carnegie Mellon, the sunk cost effect is the general tendency for people to continue an endeavor or continue consuming or pursuing an option if they've invested time or money or some resource into it. Right. So, so while on the surface, this is not necessarily bad, it can lead to pain. If you are continuing to pursue something that is important to you or bringing you joy, you know, that's one thing. Yep, correct. But this effect becomes a fallacy if it is pushing you to do the things that are making you unhappy or worse off. So while the sunk cost fallacy is often discussed when it comes to money, it can impact the way we behave in other areas of life as well. For example, in our dating lives, like no more for the two of us, but you know, going back, the longer you have been together with someone, the harder it is to break up. Even if you know it's a dead-end relationship. Yes, yes. Oliviola says that we get caught in the psychological trap for several possible reasons. Uh, first, sticking with this plan, even when it no longer serves you well, could be an attempt to correct cognitive dissonance. That is, the mental disconnect between paying for something and not getting the expected ROI. Uh -huh. It could also be a knee-jerk reaction to regret. We know what we are doing is not in our best interest, but don't give too much thought to it. Mm -hmm. Or it could be an attempt to convince others and ourselves that we are not wasteful. Right. Um, and, and when we think about it, all of these reasons are not rational. I mean, the money is gone. If you buy something, it's gone. You're not getting it back. I mean, I guess with clothes and stuff, you could sell, but you're getting a fraction of what you paid mm -hmm. for it. But we try to convince ourselves that we have managed to recapture the loss of this money. Mm -hmm. So are you suggesting here that our money decisions are based on our behavior? Mm, imagine that. Our behavior <laughs> plays a role in our financial decisions. I huh? know. We tease, but that is what we focus on here. Most of the decisions we make are based on our behavior. And that definitely shows in most of our financial decisions. So question for you on this, because this is bringing up some thoughts. Mm -hmm. Does, you know, having a Netflix subscription that I just let roll over month over month over month when I never really watch Netflix, is that kind of the same? 
It, it, it is because yeah. you think if it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. I mean, there's different rules of thumb. You know, it just depends like if it's just like one of those things, oh, I may like a show in the future, so I'm going to keep it. But some would say if you've had it, I don't even know what is Netflix now, nine ninety nine, twelve. dollars I don't even know what it is a month mm-hmm. anymore. But you think over this past year, I paid $140 for it. You know what? I'm going to find something that I'm watching to justify that. And then another mm. month goes by and then another month goes by and you still don't watch it. And then it just keeps coming. So yeah. we know about those subscription-based models. That's we why do. they're popular. We do. And, you know, I... In thinking about it, you know, I'm trying to compare this to my life. Like, obviously, the the closet hits a little close to home. But in other aspects of my life, I just don't want to put in the work to try to figure it out. And, you know, I get myself into a bind because because I don't want to address it or because I'm tricking myself into thinking that, yeah, maybe I will finally go watch that series. Right. You know, so it's not, you know, not all of our decisions are based on this, obviously, financial decisions. But sometimes we like we just talked about some of those examples. We do. We want a return on investment. That's just normal behavior. That's what humans want. We've put in the time, the energy, the money, the effort, whatever it may be. We expect something in return. So when mm-hmm. we don't get it right away, it's like, oh, it's no. It's very similar to gambling. Oh, I lost this time. Well, you know what? If I just did another $10, yes. I'm going to win this there time because go. I've already sunk this. People that buy lottery tickets all the time, this is the weekend. You know what? If I don't buy it this week, that's when my numbers are going to come in. And I've already spent hundreds of dollars on these mm-hmm. things and I'm going to miss out. So it just, yes, a, a lot. there are a lot of ways that we do it. Don't always think of it like that, though. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Oliviola puts a nice bow on this by stating, what's done is done. There's nothing you you can do to regain money that's lost. And pursuing something that makes you unhappy not only isn't going to get your money back, but it's also going to make you worse off. You're, in essence, just digging a deeper hole. Uh, Could not have said it better myself. So, that does it for this episode. Please check us out on social media. We're at all your usual places. And if you ever have an idea for a topic you'd like us to cover, feel free to email us at podcast at mentorogroup.com. Whitney, thank you so much for chatting and thank you for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run with the bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.